0: When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV
1: podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory
0: Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse
1: every inch of this cordyceps coded universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And sports staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRigger.com. And joining me in the studio, deeply upset by the Sub Zero erasure on last night's The Last of Us, it's Andy Greenwald! Can you feel the energy? We're back. Oh, God. I'm free. Burbank, I salute (laughs) you. I don't ever want to visit you again after nine days. Of ISO, and now I'm back. I'm out. I'm eating small plates. People are explaining menus to me like I've never been to a restaurant before. I love it. The only thing better. And it's great to see you. It's great to see Kaya, I mean, Chris. You were in a little
0: bit of viral jail for a minute. Not that the podcast audience would I was just being know.
1: responsible, man. I was just trying to keep my my fellow Californians safe.
0: Now, while just you were, my wife, <laughs> was like get the fuck out of this house. I was gonna say no one else minded at all. Uh, what was? Like what was the vibe at the hotel? Like did they did they know they had a quote unquote special guest? Like No,
1: like specially because they're were, like were huge fans of uh Philly special? No.
0: <laughs> no no no. More like who is, you know, Count Padula who lives up there oh with beating only- number 323 three, yeah. who never
1: seems to leave his room
0: but is talking at high volume constantly <laughs> yeah, about-
1: I uh, yeah I know yeah I would say that by the end we were all friends let's just put it that who's way who's we? me and like the whole staff everybody all the all the various delivery drivers for for ramen spots around, around Burbank it was <laughs> did, great
0: did the cleaning staff come up to you with tears in their eyes being like sir <laughs> sir <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir we've never seen a podcaster like this
1: uh, Andy it's great to see you uh, you seem a little bit I know that this hmm. weather kind of gets you down, and so I'm it glad, does. I think it's good it for you to be here with me and Kaya today, just looking at me straight in the eye. And- it is.
0: I'm taking off my glasses, hitting the mic, I don't even know what to do with my body.
1: How <laughs> um, have
0: you been? I'm good. You, you, I'm feeling, Chris, I'm feeling really bullish about the state of podcasting, not just because you're back, <laughs> but because here we are at Spotify HQ, and I gotta say, it's a fresh pot of coffee bubbling. Yeah. They've replenished the snacks. It's not just granola bars anymore. There's jalapeno chips. Uh-huh.
1: Because that's what you wanted at, at I, 10, 10 a.m. <laughs> I just feel
0: like this is a bold bet on the future of audio. Yeah. And I'm I'm here for it. And we're I the don't, faces of it. We are the faces of audio. People have been telling us that for years. Yeah, I'm not normally a second coffee at 10 a.m. guy, but you know, something about the energy you bring once you are super immune <laughs> that is really something. Well,
1: I was worried about you. Yeah. Because not only do you have really like a Poor, poor reactions to to stormy weather, which Terrible. we've been having out here in Los Angeles. But I I know that you had a lot emotionally invested in mm-hmm. the second weekend box office of Ant Man and the Lost Quantum Mania.
0: Oh my God!
1: And since it is now on record as the worst performing second weekend of a Marvel film, <laughs> yeah. I was worried that you wouldn't maybe not even show up today.
0: <laughs> I was out on Front Street. I was like, if there's one film. Were you dressed as
1: Ant-Man, as Scott Lang, outside of (laughs) Ant-Man?
0: Weirdly, I was dressed as the Wasp. And everyone was like, are you in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, sir? Yeah. No. Yeah. um, People people may have raised their eyebrows at us just, you know, going out to the woodshed on this movie last week. They were like, look at box office don't lie, they said to us. Yeah. And I said, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Because a lot of the staying power of these popular movies, word of mouth. People telling their friends. People saying, I got to go again to find out which Kang is which. Right. And it turns out maybe they don't care.
1: Okay, so there's, let me let me throw a counter at it. The end.
0: only one they care about is Kang
1: Bear. <laughs> um, Can I try that? Is by the way, working? today we're doing Last of Us. We're doing Party Down's Return and we're doing Kunk on Earth. Yeah. Uh, a Netflix show that we both really enjoy. Uh, but let's talk about this Ant-Man thing for a second. Could you make the argument that... Mm-hmm. There is now a learned behavior, a learned behavior mm. of just being like, I'll just wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. It's too expensive oh. to get a babysitter or to do whatever. I mean, hypothetically, like you would bring a child. You to, bring
0: your babies yeah, to Quantum Mania. <laughs> bring
1: all of my babies.
0: Nothing delights an infant like Corey Stahl's <laughs> performance as Modoc.
1: But okay, so there's that. There's right. the idea that you could just be like, in three months, this will be on Disney Plus, and I'll yeah. knock it out then. Or. What you're saying, Mm -hmm. which is this sort of really tepid word of mouth coming out of the movie, that it has completely killed the almost instant rewatch that I think powers movies to the billion-dollar mark. Now, it's hard for me to imagine someone being like, let me go see Venom again, you know? But I guess (laughs) there are people out there who do do that.
0: They're called Hardy Boys.
1: But Avengers, for instance. Like, the Infinity War and, and Endgame saga, like... I feel like people went and saw that two, three times in the theater.
0: I I think there's two things. I think it would be flattering to us and our profound aesthetic opinions that people saw this movie in the opening weekend and went to tell their friends they didn't really consider the CGI imagination. The the frame isn't filled out with deep thought. I don't think that's the case. I do think that what's communicated by this movie in the trailers and in the word of mouth and in the coverage is that this is a plank in the phase five strategy. And... I really think that people are mezzo-mezzo on the phase five strategy. I think that when you build a shared cinematic universe based on the idea that everything is connected and you have to see everything, it works, A, when the stories are good and people are into the story, but B, when it's more tightly curated. Mm -hmm. There is this feeling, right? I imagine that we are not the only people who, (laughs) quote-unquote, didn't finish Moon Knight. You know what I mean? (laughs) not, not Not to paint with too broad a brush.
1: And they might be like,
0: I-, I don't know what to do with this. i like I'm waiting for my Leonardo Disney it.
1: Plus. Actually, <laughs> no. You're, wait- you're
0: waiting up. for you're waiting for them to do for Moon Knight what they did for Andor, which yeah. is run it on on, <laughs> on uh, ABC, <laughs> True TV, or ABC once. Yeah, I, it's interesting. It's interesting. I wonder. A little getting a little sweaty, maybe. Maybe at Feige HQ. So,
1: like, what's next is. It's guardians and it's gonna guardians. Crush. It's
0: gonna do so well. Guardians
1: is gonna probably like swing the other way. Yeah. but I think that there will be some. Is James Gunn leaving Marvel like the biggest, the biggest like misstep that Feige's ever made in in thirty one yeah. movies? Is letting this guy out of the building instead of being like, what do you want to do next? The entire, the entire toy chest belongs to you. Also, I
0: think that there are people who are like playing four D chess who are like Chris's move is that he's zagging to DC and they see that, but. But I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. No,
1: not, not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> but I, look, I'm taking meetings. You know yeah. what I mean. You're open. I love to go to lunch. Like, like, take me out. Let me know what's what's Shazam about. You know, <laughs> Do
0: you want to hear the story?
1: Yeah. You could see the first Shazam. I. Why couldn't I see the second one?
0: You could, but I'm saying if you want to know what it's about, <laughs> oh. You could spend yeah, some time. no, I now. mean,
1: what's Shazam about? Like politically, you I, know, like what's about? Like what's oh, the I ideology see. behind anti-vax? Apparently, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, no, my thing is what I've been reading the tea leaves and just podcasting with you for years. I can tell that what you are most hype slash befuddled by is secret invasion. I just, oh, yeah. I just think that you're late laying... because it
1: looks so good. <laughs> yeah. but I don't understand the Cree and the scrolls at all. Right, like I think I have a better grasp on the the time variance. Right. Than I do about like, I can just pull my face off and I'm a different person constantly. Yeah, no, I hate
0: that. You could talk five minutes about the Donbass right now <laughs> and its importance <laughs> to Putin's larger there is no Ukraine strategy. But when you get
1: into the the weeds and the crease Scroll of War, I mean <laughs> Putin has just been potting like all weekend. Have is, you did you have you, have you been looking, looking at the news? Potting? He's, just, he's just like, and another thing. <laughs> and another thing. Coming back. Yeah. I have another I have another bit to do on NATO is, here. Is he bullish on audio strategy? Dude. Did you see Zelensky was like, I think Putin's going to be killed by his own inner circle? No. I did. Which podcast have you been listening to these guys on? <laughs> wow. You had a lot of t- That's on East Coast Bias. You should check it out.
0: <laughs> I really wish there was a podcast where you just sort of talked about what you did in between podcasts in Burbank. <laughs> like, like the media that you dug into.
1: I wish I could say that I just, and anybody who follows me on Letterboxd knows this. I wish I could oh. say that I had like an incredibly enriching COVID where I just watched yeah. incredible Criterion films right. and logged them, but I didn't. I watched Diners, drive and Dives yeah, because I didn't really feel like being it. on my laptop all day. Yeah. So I watched the TV in the hotel, right? But the uh, internet connection of the television, so like I couldn't sign into Netflix or sign into anything, right? So I just was like kind of um, watching regular cable and the guide function on the tv was broken oh boy so it was only ever like at 10 a.m when i checked in or something like that yeah it stayed that way so every time i wanted to see what was on i had to go through the entire uh i just flipped channels 53 times has this
0: have you would you like to revise your take about how tv was better when we could just flip channels did this well i mean i did find
1: like that ultimately like i'll just watch shark tank for two hours and that's just fine you know
0: i don't think i i want to I want to help you out with something give you a gift no one had a productive covid watching <laughs> like i during covid when i had it i rewatched parks and recreation uh huh which was fantastic uh huh i believe I watched the pilot of Bad Sisters. I have no memory of it and feel that my mezzo-mezzo response is not Possibly legitimate.
1: informed by it, yeah.
0: And then I also read like two Rachel Cusk novels and a book by a Japanese writer about See, a world with no that's language. That's so much better than what I did. But
1: I don't remember the books. Like I would read four pages of a Len Dyton spy novel and yeah. fall asleep. I may have fallen asleep too. I don't, I, I don't know. Can I just mention one other news story before we get into The Last yeah. of Us?
0: I hope you're going to mention the big news story.
1: That the night manager is coming back?
0: <laughs>
1: more nights, more management. Well, this is a. They did the book, yeah, and it's pretty odd. I mean, like I, I salute them. Yeah, I like Tom Hiddleston. I love the Night Manager. It'd be cool if Olivia Colman comes back. I have a hard time believing she will. To Becky too. She was great in that. Yeah, yeah, but she was very much tied to the novel, right? One of which John Le Carre wrote, and yeah. now they're just like, I guess. So one idea I had for them, since I heard it's going to be set in Europe and South America, mm. is there some other Le Carre bits out there that you could pull from? Get a little Taylor of Panama going.
0: First of all, I love that book. And underrated movie. Uh, uh, wait, but I, are you suggesting a Le Carre CU? An LCCU? Yeah, but that's LCCu? what they're doing.
1: But they're, they've, they've like, his sons, I think, yeah. are like managing the sort of film I properties. Know, but, but are you
0: pitching a Castle Rock of Le Carre? Remember that remember the Castle Rock show where it was all Stephen I wonder whether King?
1: or not we've kind of hit like a little bit of a maximum, maximum CU, you know?
0: Of just CUs in general.
1: Yeah. And just maybe just make really nicely done one-offs. Yeah, I think but that's for the best. I think that you could build something larger around Smiley and Carla and mm-hmm. have offshoots of that. But there's only one Locare. And there's only one, you know, I mean, in some ways, there's really only one adaptation of Likare, which is essentially a page-for-page adaptation of Tinker Taylor in the on the BBC. Yep. Uh with Alec Guinness. So much so that Lacare was like George Smiley no longer belongs to me. He belongs to Alec Guinness. But I do think that there's opportunities there. And obviously, I would watch every single second of it. But I thought this was interesting because it's one of the first moments that I can remember someone taking such beloved pre-existing story material and just saying like, okay, in recent memory. Because so much of it is, like, based on, like, okay, we have to stick to the text well, because the fans are such fans of the text.
0: I think the comparable one would be what AMC is also trying to do with Anne Rice uh, yes. in the Anne Rice universe. But now,
1: doesn't she have, like, aren't they adapting that off of the books themselves? I just don't, there's not a Night Manager, too. Right, okay. I mean.
0: In terms of the expansion, I think the, the and I agree, and I think it's interesting, and it's project-dependent and writers, and who knows? Yeah. Same um, guy who
1: did Night Manager is doing...
0: It, it's likely not going to be bad, and it might be interesting, and it'd be also interesting to see what it, you know, for the very Catholic Lacare fans, like, what it means to be venturing off, off yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do wonder, broadly, and it's something we can revisit and look at, like, Hollywood's obsession with IP and established properties and authors is well-founded and well-trod terrain, even for us, but is it diminishing returns? Like, there is a, there's safety in a, I don't want to say struggling, but certainly not as seaworthy an enterprise as like Apple or Netflix streamer like AMC being like, Anne Rice and Le we're all in on these authors and their catalogs because we know they have some ardent fans who will check it out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what Paramount's doing, does with Star Trek, you know, like there's always going to be people to watch Star Trek, but how high is the roof on these things? Yeah. I don't know. I... Maybe this is a side note, a sideway of me saying that I checked out Picard season three. I like to surprise you on Mike. Is this
1: what the news was?
0: No. The oh, okay. news is, I don't know if you've heard, but there's an HBO show called Succession.
1: Oh, yeah. We didn't we even should, talk about but this.
0: I, 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 I did. I did just want to. I like it when I. I you have Letterboxd. I sometimes just come in studio and tell you that I've watched something. Okay. I've got very little more to say, but.
1: Wait, of Star Trek Picard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I've am not. i not seen a single moment of Star Trek Picard.
0: I mean, look, I'm a big Gates McFadden guy from way back, from her debut on screen in Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan sure. as Dabney Coleman's secretary. But uh, And I like seeing Beverly Crusher back on screen and all the gang. Yeah. But it's pretty wild to see these very, very old people like shooting plasma cannons <laughs> and trying to make like contemporary <laughs> shows, but moving very delicately while they do it. It's sweet. It's nice that they all got to hang out. And this out. is they the final like season, friends. right? I, I mean, I, I just think... Look, I watch White House briefings. No one's going to ever <laughs> say anything's the final season. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying Jean Luc sits a lot more than he used to. Gotcha. You know what I mean?
1: Um, what was your take? I guess, I, what's not, what's your take? Yeah. Succession, is it? Is it the right time to end it?
0: Okay, so Jesse Armstrong, we can mm-hmm. call him Jesse, old friend. We talked Two time
1: watch guest?
0: Uh, two, didn't he come all three seasons? I think he, we've had him three I times. I think so. I think so.
1: But maybe not, because maybe we missed the COVID year or something. Maybe one time I I just talked to him. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I think that that was was probably it. The Andy Greenwald show.
0: Yeah, that was a podcast. But um, I was shocked. I assume we were number two on the list. I assume he turned to his press team and was like, I got to get the word out. Um, Get
1: Becky Mead on the phone. He's like, they're like,
0: sir, (laughs) sir, sir, you have two options to deliver this news. The New Yorker magazine (laughs) or these two guys on the internet. And weirdly, he went to the New Yorker to announce that the uh, wrapped and soon to debut season four of Succession is going to be the final season. Did you have a feeling? Yeah, I mean, they were really, really, really out front with being like, we're not going to be doing this forever. They were never coy about that.
1: Yeah, Brian Cox the most eventually In
0: retrospect, <laughs> the fact that it was being aggregated again last week, yeah. that Brian Cox was like, fuck Jeremy Strong, he's an annoying prat. Well,
1: so Jeremy Strong did the GQ yeah. story, and uh, he did... Uh, like this whole video of like my so they're supposed to do these videos where they're like my ten essential items and Jeremy Strong had like 36 of them. <laughs> uh but when he was talking about all the little accoutrement that he brought that was like relevant to Kendall, right? The entire video he's referring to Kendall in the past tense. He's just like Kendall was, Kendall was, Kendall, like. uh and I or was tea like, leaf oh. people so, on that. Like yeah. if it was I just have a hard time. I I really do wonder whether or not it's like we could do the show with or without Kendall. Let's just do it with Kendall and end it.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, first of all, I think I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I mean, I think that Jesse Armstrong is, we say it every year when the show comes back. I think he is a TV writer on a level that few people have ever been. I think his stewardship of the show has been absolutely incredible. Um, the vibes even, like from the majority of the cast, the writers he works with, it seems like he, he's a good manager and runs a, runs a good ship. And look, it's very, very tempting to continue to chase success and stability. You know, I, I think best case scenario, you could point to the, the Breaking Bad people and Vince Gilligan who have kept a good thing going for decade, over a decade without necessarily diminishing returns um, and are pretty upfront. They're like, we love our crew. We love doing this. Why would we stop? And then we get to the Popcorners ads and you begin to wonder maybe they should stop. Not that Vince Gilligan had anything to do with that. I think Jesse Armstrong comes from a very different tradition of British TV where you you do two six episode seasons and then become legends. And then take
1: five years off and come back and do a Christmas special. I mean, that is maybe one that was sort of like in my mind. I was like, it would be kind of amazing if they just never broke the band up but stopped touring, you know?
0: Right. Well, I mean, there is a th- like like Luther is never been canceled. He just makes Luthers every so often, yeah. right? I think that's very possible. But I think about what this does first. First of all, it's a huge blow to the podcast industry. We love covering the show. Seriously, we love the show. But think about what this does for this season, and also for what it must have done in the writers' room. When, as he said in the New Yorker piece, you know, we weren't entirely sure, but we were playing everything out to the extent that we felt we understood it and what was right for the characters and right for the story, and that was it. And that gives me an enormous jolt of confidence about this season. I think amidst all of the the raves for season three, there was a little bit of how many different ways are there to break up the band and get it back Broadway. together. Yeah. There would be diminishing returns. And as we said last year and every year, there's a version of the show where it runs for 10 years and it's just, it's just good times. It, it's veep. It's just jokes, Yeah, you know, but I
1: think that And there's a Veep inside of Succession. For sure. But but what makes it... And I don't mean that as a a diss of Veep. I wish Veep was still on. You know what I mean? I I think Succession,
0: you can make the case it's the best comedy on television. But what makes it exemplary is the fact that it has this deep, deep emotional pathos as mm -hmm. well. A lot of it derived from Jeremy Strong's performance and the Kendall character. And I I think no one is going to read this room better than the creator of the show. So, and I also think it's kudos to uh, our recent in studio guest Casey Bloys, that I do think he and HBO historically have run things this way. yeah, you're done, okay, you're done all right yeah we it's uh, It was up to us to have to have prepared for this day, you know, and have other things in the pipeline. Do I think he might revisit some of these characters or this tone or this world in the future? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised, but I think but it's that,
1: interesting, I don't really think of. I mean, there are a few people who have come out of the Succession creative umbrella. Mark Milad obviously directed The Menu. He's Mm -hmm. the director of a lot of the episodes, the best episodes of Succession. Several writers have gone on to to do great stuff. Court Jefferson was working on Succession. Like, there's a bunch of people in and around. Yeah, yeah, Lucy Preble. But I don't know if there is a Peter Gould on the show that would be like, hey, I'm going to take the reins and start. I, the soul of this. I'm going to take Cousin Greg right. and Tom and like I have the aesthetic so down that we're going to go I, do this.
0: I think what's kind and of And would you want to see
1: Greg and no. Tom running in B&B in Vermont or something like that? Y- yes.
0: Sorry, you just called me totally flat <laughs> Yes. Yes, I would. And all listeners of this podcast yeah. would as well. I think what would be interesting to me and this is not something that Jesse needs to answer for or even should be asked although he will be over the next few months as the show, as the season unfolds un- Unfurls, the kind of sideways earth that Succession is set on, where the Roy's have their empire. There's more stories there to be told in this tone. You know, I would I would expect to see some scripted something on HBO that refers to the Roy family or Waystar Royco just abstractly. Before I saw Cousin Tom again, I mean Cousin Greg again and Tom. Okay, I believe I. Who knows? But that vision of that world, and as we discovered last season, industry may exist in the Succession universe. That's true. So, there might be some opportunities there. That's true. I don't know. I I just feel like...
1: Kendall out on the lash in London. Let's go.
0: At at, at a time, I mean, we're going to talk about the Party Down reboot at a time, which is not comparable, but we are... The idea of something ending is kind of unique at this moment. Yeah. And I... I really respect, but I can't lot of wait it. to see
1: what Jesse does next. Like it's it's yeah. it's truly exciting to think about like what his next project might be.
0: It just does doesn't it also just feel very not Hollywood, you know. I just feel like he he's in London. He has a different life. He's he's had different lives already, right? With Peep Show and being a comedy writer and being a part of that world, and then kind of crashing into Hollywood as a dramatic writer and winning Emmys. I mean, he's had different phases of his career, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of cool to think, well, okay, well, what's he going to do next? And he probably will do something quite different. Um, which is which is thrilling. But it is it's a massive Jenga tile out of the tower that is contemporary TV.
1: A- uh, just as a bit of admin, I did an impromptu prestige TV Hall of Fame episode with Sean and Bill about whose side are you on? The sixth episode of the first season. Yeah. Do you think you'll go back and rewatch much of this the the past seasons leading up to Succession? Is that like a habit for you because it's generally Never. not but with succession i was wondering whether or not you would go back and cherry
0: pick. i think last season i watched the season two finale before which was a nice way to go i might do the same thing um succession is the rare show where just thinking about it just you naming an episode makes me smile because yeah. you think about what pleasures await inside of it so i would love to rewatch some of it and i had forgotten that worth- it
1: goes whose side are you on austerlitz prague and just being like we really had something there for remember, a month.
0: Remember when the dude dives into the pool <laughs> and breaks his face in Taos? Yeah. God, it's a good show. It's a
1: really good show. I'm
0: excited it's coming
1: back. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. One thing you don't have to worry about cleaning up this spring season, your wireless bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. It's easy. And right now, they have unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to MintMobile.com slash watch. That's MintMobile.com slash watch. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You want to talk about Last of Us?
0: You want to do Last of Us first and then, then party down and, and kunk? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah,
1: I think that, that I, have, I have the most to say about The Last of Us, to be honest. Okay. Okay, so sometimes I do a like a little bit of a plot recap. Mm-hmm. I don't really have like a huge one here for this because it was such a contained and kind of easy, easy to track episode, but it's essentially, you know, when we pick up the action, which is essentially the last moments of last week's episode, which is Joel getting stabbed in the stomach with a baseball bat and needing medical attention. Uh, was prob- he stabbed with a bat? It was like impaled with the end of a baseball bat, right? Something
0: sharp, though, I would imagine. I thought it was more of a knife. I thought
1: it was like a broken off bat or something.
0: Oh, oh! It was like a Roger Clemens thing.
1: I could be wrong. I thought that's what I thought. I have to admit, you're, you're. I didn't pruder film it, but I, I, I thought somebody was like, oh, you got hit with a bat. He you took know. a wound, took a stomach wound. Generally, when you get uh, a stomach puncture like that, <laughs> you're gonna want to get some <laughs> kind of professional medical attention. That's
0: been my experience. Joel winds
1: up having a 14 year old, so he tells her to to go to get back to Tommy to leave him, and. As Ellie is walking out the door to do so, she has a fifty minute flashback going back to her days in the boston q z now Ellie is alluded to everybody that she's ever cared about has either died or disappeared or whatever, and she's obviously traumatized by like the way that the pandemic or the zombie epidemic has has shaped her perception of reality and stuff and She has this memory of uh, being in Fedra as a kid and kind of being on the wrong track. And there's allusions to a best friend of hers named Riley, who is no longer in Fedra. But she's given this choice by a kindly uh, CO, essentially, to choose between... Played by Terry Chen. I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, and it's like, you can either be like a shit shoveler in this world, or you can become a leader. And we think you have the potential to be a leader, but you have to stop fucking around. And just when Ellie seems to be kind of like on the straight and narrow, Riley comes back and she's like, come out with me, go out into the city. I want to show you something and reveals that she has joined the Fireflies. Um, And this is going to be like one last great night for them to hang Mm -hmm. out. So they go to what I think is uh, Copley Center Mall. I thought that was Copley. Yeah, I think in Boston. You you have have memories of Copley? Of course, man. (sighs) Yeah, I used to. I mean, that was a great cut through. So when I used to live in Back Bay... (laughs) but I needed to get up to Newberry or I needed to get up yeah. to Mass Ave or whatever, like I would I would cut through Copley, especially when it was raining or cold, which it was nine months ago. Treat yourself Boston. to an Auntie Anne's. Yeah. On the way just to warm the belly. <laughs> um, there's a really awesome sequence in this episode where they go through the mall. They see all the old, old mall stores. And this is where we find out that Riley is essentially stationed uh, and where they are Ooh. hiding a bunch of uh, some explosive devices yeah. used on on Fedra. Riley's in the Fireflies. She tries to kind of coax Ellie into joining the Fireflies, but Ellie is like, I'm in Fedra, and like, I think that I'm going to make a go of this.
0: Do you think Joel is lying here during all this being
1: like, <laughs> there, there's like, a time and a place a decision!
0: for memories. Go or stay, I don't care,
1: I'm bleeding <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> okay, let's get on with uh, it. Yeah, and he's like, can I just die alone? <laughs> like, instead of Please. you like standing in the doorway, having this reverie. <laughs> just thinking? Yeah. Um... And we can get into a lot of the details of the mall stuff, but in the end... uh, Oh, oh, we will. After them sharing a lovely moment, tender moment of a kiss, Mm. a infected awakens, jumps them, bites both of them, and we are left with the two of them kind of embracing, but we know that Ellie lives. I assume Riley dies, and this is kind of like what forms Ellie's Mm -hmm. worldview, and it's like, never give up. You never know how much time you have. Mm -hmm. Gotta live life to the fullest. And she comes back downstairs, and just straight up, just sews this dude up,
0: which is weird because prior to that last moment, it seemed like her new uh, motto for life was "finish him."
1: <laughs> so I want to let's start with moral content. Well, too.
0: hold on. A couple things. I did want to say. I mentioned Terry Chen, who I really liked in that role. Did you recognize him? This is a very Grantland-esque reference, but that's Ben Fong Torres from Almost Famous.
1: Mm- oh, n- the guy not who the played real Ben Fong Torres. No, the like, actor who played would be Rolling a Stone deep editor cut from Craig Mazin to get Ben Fong Torres just <laughs> to
0: play a, a Fedra. <laughs> Commanding officer? Okay, fair. Fair. Um, before we get into the mall stuff, which I'm excited to do, can I just also say, mm-hmm. uh, this episode was directed by Liza Johnson, who has a, a, a really strong episodic resume of directing TV. I thought this was a gorgeous episode. Yeah, I thought it was noteworthy. And it also
1: looked different. Like, it, it had a little bit more handheld. It Cassinia, Soretta,
0: like sorry if I mangled her name, was the uh, DP. Mm. And the two of them, the colors, the light in this episode... Can you also tell I got a new TV? But man.
1: And glasses. Because I, I did and
0: glasses. Did you know the season has been in color? Yeah.
1: I had no did idea. Did you know that in, there's like a whole tracking shot in True Detective? They don't cut. What?
0: <laughs> That's why I didn't like the show. I just thought it, I thought it was gorgeous. And and to your point, yes. Different visually because it's a different time and evoking different. I just thought that was really impressive. I have a note. So this was, again, in my view, like a sign of the show's healthy moral compass, which I know is not where people want to begin when talking about a popular zombie show. But, you know, I feel like week to week or day to day in the room or even minute to minute, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann and their team were faced with like, what are we going to focus on today? And I just feel like they kept choosing to quote our favorite film, Trainspotting. They kept choosing life. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, let's fill out the story. Let's make this character more understandable. Let's show them happy. Let's show more colors in their particular rainbow. Again, my TV is great. You can see it all, full spectrum. Um, and what I do is I turn motion smoothing on.
1: Good for you. I go around to people's yeah.
0: houses and I'm like, no, no. You
1: really, it's you and Ryan Johnson are just on a head, head-on collision
0: on. course. Yeah. Always. Smoother the better, baby. So I just thought that was, in, that was the right choice to make. Okay. Did I find this episode as narratively compelling as the past few? No, but I thought it was tasteful and lovely. I have to, I have to start here with you. There's a, there's a bunch of media in this episode, and we're yeah. gonna talk about this in the mall. Ellie has a Walkman, upon which she in in which she listens to Pearl Jam mm-hmm. and Aha. Mm-hmm. I would like to point. I just want kind of want to have a note, and if we get to talk to Craig or anyone, maybe we can bring it up to their face. That like, I know everyone has their particular moment when time stopped before the zombie apocalypse and or college. Yeah, but this show, the world ended in 2002, right? not
1: 1991. 03, right? The breakouts in 03 and then, right. then the show is set in 23. Right, 2003. Right. And she's born in to that night is she born in 2009?
0: I guess so. Yeah. So it's t- in Obama's America. Except not. Is
1: that right? I'm trying to figure out the timeline. She's 14 in the show. Yeah, yeah right? Okay.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, you want to reference this with 2009 as we remember it? Well, no. <laughs> my, my, my thing is, and this is not just me being like, she should have been listening to turn on the bright lights in her Walkman. I was just like, I get it, and it's beautiful, and a lot of us of a certain age who make TV and watch TV have memories of certain types of cultural touchstones. But 2003 legit was just four years after the height of CD sales, where they were just printing plastic discs in the billions and so to have a Walkman with a Pearl Jam tape and an AHA tape and Netta James tape feels a little cutesy-wootsy. You know what I mean? So I,
1: I've been trying to figure I, this out because...
0: If she had any tapes, it would be like me. She would have like the... the, the what was the guy from... Uh,
1: like wouldn't she just have cracked rearview mirror or something? Yes. Yes. Or she'd have like bills, 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 casingle. Right.
0: You know what I mean? Right. Like,
1: or I, was Britney around? Yeah, Britney was around, dude. Come on. But she would have been...
0: I'm not saying because she's a teenage girl she would have had that. I just mean, like, if they QZ'd Boston, Newbery Comics is safe.
1: Sure, but Newbery Comics didn't have cassettes.
0: Okay, but I was still rocking I'm reporting cass-
1: from the front. We did not. It was I was South still- Park poops and CDs.
0: Dude, I still had only a cassette player in my Volkswagen Golf, so I, I, remember. I was I was playing. Ca-singles. But didn't you
1: have the cassette with yes. the wire that came out of it that you could plug into your? I don't like to
0: brag on this podcast, but, <laughs> and I said, "Here, Chris, hold this disc man steady." Yes, I did. I, I'm just trying to make a larger point that, like, it works. It's evocative, but similarly, when they go into the mall, Frozen in 2003, and it's the arcade that we went to yeah. in 1991, that was just a little. That was a little. I bumped on that. I I, I bumped on that. I don't want to get
1: too bogged down in this. I I do. But do you think it's weird Mm -hmm. that Ellie understands concepts like anarchism, Mm -hmm. terrorism, and propaganda, but doesn't know what an escalator is? (laughs) It's a great question. It's a great question. And even in her, and like, so. I've, I've, I've made this sort of point a couple of times and this is definitely not like a sticking point where it takes away from my enjoyment mm-hmm. of the show. Although my wife did snap at me when I was just like, she doesn't know what an escalator is and she was just like, just watch. But...
0: Did she make you go back to Burbank?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was He's saying, not better yet. I, I'm actually still living in Burbank. Yeah. I'm just oh, allowed I to work now. I see. Um, no, I was watching and I was just like, she, she, they've nev- she's never come across like the concept of an escalator in any of her pun books. Right. Like, right. th- the concept of a moving staircase has never been broached.
0: I, yeah, that's a very unfrozen caveman lawyer. To that's go back a, that's to my thing. Argument. Yeah, and, 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 and my thing is, as someone who was going to arcades and attempting to play certain popular games during the era in which they were popular, I'm here to tell you that I never figured out how to do a fatality in that game.
1: Well, and I did I, on, on Sega. On, at home?
0: Yeah. But I'm saying, like, in the arcade unless someone's older brother or cooler kid was like, up, down, up, down, left, right, rip his spine out, you're just fumbling, you're just hitting Well, buttons. you can
1: find that stuff so, in some video game magazines.
0: Okay, the so she's. you're saying that Riley, because either she lived there for months, practicing, alone. For three weeks, yeah. Three weeks is not enough time. Unless she went into Walden Books and found like a guide to Mortal Combat. Well, I, I doubt that
1: the Mortal Kombat guides were the things being looted at the point of the apocalypse. <laughs> Finally!
0: <laughs> finally what's the guy's name Johnny what's the guy the the, the the one dude who didn't have a hat in Mortal Kombat it was like Johnny something
1: a hat well Ra- Raiden has a big hat yeah Sub-Zero has a hood yeah yeah
0: I, I, you're I just, dodging
1: my question who was the guy who pulled people's hearts out all of them no right. I thought it was only one guy well they all did I mean, Sub-Zero would freeze you and shatter you I think
0: they all had multiple fatalities but I didn't know because I didn't know how to do it okay. alright look we're getting bogged down here it's a lovely and touching coming of age story that does have some I don't it, there's some there were some bumps there were some bumps for me just in terms of yeah like what level of familiarity does she have with the world I mean they're living in the city but they don't go anywhere but they have certain privileges and they have posters of things there was just a lot of it was it was a lot of data dump for us about sure. what that world was like
1: Yeah do you think that it I was sort of surprised that Ellie was personality-wise, very much the same person in the QZ, in Fedra, all that. Right. I guess it's not that far, because obviously Marlene gets introduced as an idea in this this episode, so it's not that far away from when the actual show starts. But I was... And I guess probably like the thing that really makes her who she is is whatever happened to her parents, right?
0: Well, it seems like she didn't... The takeaway from the conversation with Riley, and we should mention Storm Reed, who plays that part, and I'm sure we'll talk more about her in a minute, but is that what differentiates them, according to Riley, is that she had parents and lost them. Yeah. And that Ellie never knew her parents. Okay. So she is just sort of kind of surly. Outcast, well, it just took yeah. me
1: back to a time I remember, I think I was younger than the character in the show, but there was a time in my life where mm-hmm. um, I discovered the phrase, so what? Oh. And every time my parents would say anything, yeah. I would go, so? Yeah. So what? That's cool. And I didn't know really how rude that sounded because it just like <laughs> I saw it once on TV or like a kid in my class said it, but I was like, that's dope. Did you think the
0: studio audience would start clapping? Like uh, that would be your sassy catchphrase?
1: <laughs> but I came to find out both from my parents expressing mm. it to me in the time, but also in retrospect, mm. thinking back on my, my behavior, that, that that was probably pretty fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And... That's the zone that Ellie is in. As a kid? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's 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 tough. Yeah. I, I also was curious, it did feel like a little bit of backfilling when when the kindly CEO is just like, I see leadership in you.
1: Yeah. Like, it's like really where did you- <laughs> It's not exactly Joe Burrow sitting <laughs> across from you. <laughs> that's somewhere. what i am
0: seen. She's just like listlessly slow jogging around a gym yeah. listening to Pearl Jam. Yeah. In two thousand three. That's like, Hillary
1: Clinton. That- yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, she can. Now, I'm sure watch Superfans will do an edit where she's running and listening to, like, fight song or something. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, that's the future leader of the free world. The, again, though, with this show, I got to say that the thing that I keep coming back to, even when I start to go down the track of being, being a little pissy or nitpicky or whatever, is there is just a spine of quality. And you think about the pressure on an episode like this we don't use the phrase bottle episode. This is not a bottle episode. But the way people have been using that phrase incorrectly has come to mean an episode that is in some ways bottled off, whether in continuity mm-hmm. or in setting, from the rest of the season. And what that means on a practical level is you have to scout and shoot all new locations that you may not revisit and often bring in different cast that you might not see again. And that is incredibly taxing, both for a production staff, but also it's just hard to find good people.
1: I, I was going to say... What happens when every episode is a very special episode?
0: Oh, well, I mean, that that's when the HBO's budget comes into play. But
1: no, I just mean actually as a viewer. Mm. So it's like Sunday and you have pancakes yeah. and syrup. And you're just like, this is delicious. But I, this is what you eat when you watch The Last of Us? <laughs> <laughs> no. No wonder you're no. living in a hotel in I just in mean Burbank. like if you treat yourself, oh, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. And then you're like, I'll treat myself tomorrow and tomorrow and right. tomorrow. It like takes away the specialness. You just eat pancakes oh. every day. With The Last of Us, I really, really like this show quite a bit. It will probably be in my top five, I would imagine. Wow. Top six, you know? but Bold words for February. But it's like yeah. pretty much every other episode would be the peak of another season of television in terms of what the dramatic stakes are. Or their creative so you, kind of what?
0: No, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I also think that you say it'll be top five now and then December 12th when the English 2... The new English drops, <laughs> and you're like, forget this. But that's
1: just about Wes Welker. <laughs> it's just,
0: God. Okay, so I, it just fell off my list. Yeah. Um, this is why the show is successful. Your point. I think it's not. It's not a bug. It's a feature because this is what HBO is. HBO knows its businesses. That it's special that it's not binge mm-hmm. that it, it's worth waiting the week for so they pour their resources and and make every episode feel special and i just didn't want to leave the previous point without saying and then you find storm reed who is a great performer who seems like she just stepped into this part and developed a chemistry with Bella ramsey that suggests they had been friends for the years that they were sure. friends with that is no small thing and any cynicism that i had about you know the accuracy of the contents of the video game arcade in 2003 were swept away by the last 3 minutes when the show treats the zombie thing not just as an opportunity for a jump scare right but as two 14-year-olds were She's forced 17. sorry two teenagers yeah were forced to go from feeling like their life is just beginning to the knowledge that their life is over mm-hmm. in a matter of seconds Due, due to forces not only outside of their control, but outside of their generations. That's control. how I
1: felt when Joe Carter hit the uh, home run against the Phillies in nineteen ninety three. I, I did. I did too. I was
0: look. That was a beautiful, and I touching. That was moment. all out in
1: front of me, and then Mitch Williams just let one hang.
0: I said things about Canada at the age of sixteen that I regret. Yeah, that still causes issues for me at the border today.
1: When you were a teenager, yeah. Do you think you would be Federer or Firefly?
0: Wow. I sit here with you as my good friend, telling you I would be volunteering for Fedra leadership posts. I would be so would be proud like of my student council. I would be so proud of my badges. I would be polishing them. Yeah, I would be the dude from Andor, <laughs> but for Fedra. You know what I mean? What was his name? Uh uh oh god, I'm blanking. But, you know, the
1: Karen or something like that. The
0: Cyril. Cyril Carn. Yeah. yeah, I would be Cyril Karn, but for Fedra. Like I would not have Mortal Kombat posters, I would have like previous heads of Fema
1: <laughs> Fedra. No. Oh, Before Fedra. Brownie? I,
0: I would be like uh, Brownie in there. <laughs> like a heck of it. That never happened. Yeah. Uh, right? That's true. That's right. He was just still raising <laughs> Arabian show ponies. he that's never right. got called into government. Things that that's an example of this going better. For when him, did FEMA I get invented? I, I mean, well, before 2004, <laughs> are we sure? Well, <laughs> OK. All right. Conspiracy, <laughs> Chris, Um my point being uh-huh. this, we wouldn't have gotten along because you would have been Firefly. You would have well. been going around being like, so what, apparently? No,
1: I don't <laughs> know. I mean, like Fireflies. I think I was probably more pampered than that and I think that like the promise of like warm in the winter cold in the summer that kind of stuff I probably would have been attracted to it. Yeah. But then again the fireflies have like that a pretty rad aesthetic. I know? think
0: I think you would have been drawn by the logo. I think you would have been into it. Sounds like a band. And I also think that you just the way you just the way you broke down that question speaks to your character where you're like I'm a practical guy. Like how's this going to work out for me, my family? my stomach, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm a narrative guy. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just root for the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. I have to be like, these young men are exemplars of their society. You can't just
1: be like, I'm from Philly, so I'm cheering for the Eagles. You have to be like, James Bradbury will be living with me for the the time being. Like,
0: I I, I wish Jalen Hurts was (laughs) in some way related to me, just so I could talk about him and, like, send him emails.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) So I would need to believe that the mission... Of Fedra was pure. They're you keeping should do, us safe. I'm
1: sure there's like a, a a chat GPT where you can just be like, text me in the voice of Jalen Hurts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I just got chills.
1: Um what mall mm-hmm. would you like to I thought about this. be stationed at? Would you like to spend the, the apocalypse in? Well, you know,
0: current events. I mean, the Glendale Gallery is underrated. But I'm saying like as a child at that era. I don't
1: know about that.
0: Yeah. It's indoors, which I, I, I think is better. Because if you're in L.A., you can't be like the Americana. No,
1: you can't do Westfield. No. Yeah.
0: You you, you get over... There's there's no sight lines. No. no,
1: Westfield's very confusing.
0: Westfield's very confusing and wide open. You gotta open.
1: cut across the Tesla, you know. Come on. Display and...
0: Now, also, think how much grain is stored in Italy. Yeah, that's right. Like that's that is right. ground zero. These guys that's, are
1: fucking exploding out of risotto. That's, that's right. Where, oh yeah, all the dried...
0: <laughs> all the porcini?
1: <laughs> Plus the Durham wheat? Yeah.
0: My God, it's a yeah. crime scene. <laughs> they don't have
1: that problem at the Glendale Galleria.
0: That's exactly right. But as a child, I think this is an interesting question because from Philadelphia, there's you have some options. Mm-hmm. Um, you were downtown, so your choices may have been different. I think we both would have immediately thought of King of Prussia. No. Which, by the way, as an adult, the fact that there's a town called King of Prussia in, in Pennsylvania, we just took as normal. Yeah. And King of Prussia had two malls, the yeah. fancier mall and the not as fancy mall. And going there was like a twice annual event. It was a huge deal, but because of its exoticism, I wouldn't have chosen that. So I would be more of a maybe a Springfield Mall guy. Okay, maybe Granite Run, but probably
1: Springfield. I feel like I knew Cherry Hill the best. I knew you were, I knew you were going to go to Jersey, so I'd probably do Cherry Hill Mall. Uh, the gallery. Oh, the gallery is probably the closest. Uh, the closest thing that Philadelphia has to Copley, so yeah. it would be like that. Would be the most like that. A lot of moving stairs in the gallery. I feel like there was a lot of escalator Which action. Which would
0: have confused you, do you think? Or you would have been I also feel for like it. there
1: were like 750 entrances to the gallery. So it would be hard to kind of be like, great, we're all set. Like, I never
0: found the same A lot of twice. malls
1: are like, you're in and then you're stuck until you get to the other side of the mall. <laughs> the gallery, I feel like there's always like a side exit. Uh,
0: that feeling when you park, you park by the Macy's and you're like, I'm just going to the Foot Locker and I'm just going to bet it's here by the Macy's. And you go in and you're like, by
1: Bloomingdale's, <laughs> it's on the. It's like it's like nine hundred yards away, and you gotta
0: walk. <laughs> yeah, and you gotta walk. And when you have kids, the walk involves like a kiosk that just sells Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, <laughs> you're just doomed.
1: Do your kids like malls? Yes. Do they? Yes. Yeah.
0: Especially the little one. Okay. She likes a little retail therapy.
1: That's cool. Yeah,
0: I mean, sort of. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's fine. Did you? Um, before we move on from this episode, which again, look, big picture.
1: I do Are we being dicks about it? No, I thought I it don't. was
0: pretty good. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I thought it was less compelling because by nature, you introduce a character and a relationship and yeah, end it I, like, in an episode. Yeah, that's know who hard those guys to
1: do. at Eastern Colorado were. You know what I mean? Like, what's their, what's their, yeah, deal? and, and they I, put it in
0: the I, season in a way to kind of, you know, to, to, to bone us. And so we got two
1: more now. Fine.
0: Yeah. It, a- eight and nine. It was good. It was good. But I thought it was more aesthetically good and I appreciated it more than I was riveted and entertained the way that I have been over the past few weeks. What. Last last mall question. Mm-hmm. You go into an arcade at 14 and there's been some sort of apocalypse. What game do you devote your bucket of of quarters to? Because I I don't know if we've ever mentioned this in this podcast, but my I want to say like my I don't know if it was my twelfth birthday, the greatest birthday party of my life. There was a mall, I think it was at the Granite Run Mall, where you could rent the arcade out for the night. Yeah. And all the machines were free for you and your friends for that night. So and I, I wonder what that
1: cost. I still think about that night. Do you think it was like $75?
0: Yes, I do. And you bring your own pizza. It cannot have been that much money. But, um, I mean, the Double Dragon, man. So much Double Dragon. So,
1: if I had nothing but time, Mm -hmm. and if money was no object, Mm -hmm. I would like to find out what happens five seconds into Dragon's Lair. Yes! Yes! So, Dragon's Lair was a game that cost a dollar and it was a full on
0: animated it, movie it's a like a laser disk directed by don animation legend don bluth
1: yeah and all it did was like it would flash and when it flashed you had to hit a button in a certain amount of time turn left or which whatever. i could never figure out and i always died and it was always like well that was just four games that i just lost you know yes but if i could just practice and just just kind of feel it out i would just love to know what happens later in dragon's lair i have no idea
0: This is the greatest answer, and I agree with you. I do you think?
1: But honestly, like my other like therapeutic games would be the Daytona game that she sat at. I love that, and also the Star Wars game where you sat down and you had the kind of. I think it was more like a Tie Fighter. It's a Tie Fighter controller, but you were flying. Were you a Tie Fighter or were you? No, but it felt
0: like it was. And you do the Tie Fighters on the outside of the box, and
1: you do the the sort of trench
0: run. Do you think, anecdotally, and you know? considering inflation which i know you always do do you think you spent more money on uh dragonslayer or import cd's that were recommended by the enemy or melody maker i actually i
1: NBA. had i had good discipline so basically what happened is every time i would go into a new arcade and dragonslayer was there i would always just get seduced and then lose and then be like disappointed because i'd have like 5 bucks and i had 4 and then i would play nba jam for a while yeah because you can actually like be you could play NBA Jam for like 10 minutes or whatever. Scott
0: Skiles and Shaq. Yeah, you could just be remember that? <laughs> yeah. What a what a legendary combo.
1: <laughs> Do you think Shaq tearfully <laughs> thanked Scott Skiles? Sir. Um no one
0: dished it to me in the paint.
1: And then, yeah, I mean, this is sort of boring. I I feel like I sound down on Last of Us, Yeah. but I definitely like really love the show.
0: Yeah, I don't think you sent down. I, I, the l- last point I would say is, we've referenced this recently, there are, and I, as I'm sure there are in many cities, like retro arcades now, or like barcades. Yes. Like, yeah. And so I've taken my children to to an arcade here where they have these games, including Dragon Slayer. And nothing kills your childhood dreams more than taking your children to see what you thought was fun. And, and they're just, just like, being what like, is
1: going on here? This, yeah.
0: is, this is dumb. <laughs> and they play air hockey for an hour.
1: Let's talk about Party Down. Yeah. This is bad podcasting. This was just good
0: <laughs> the rest of the podcast is gonna be I mean I know we've set a bar high today uh, well, okay so you and but I we're always about-
1: give each-, each other an out with comedies where you're like I don't know what you want me to say it was funny you know yeah I leading cool. up to the moment where I hit play on the stars app to yeah. watch this I was like did they need to do this are we sure this was a good idea we- are we, we sure this wasn't like hashtag bring bring party down back and like then it was like oh you guys are going to actually do it and how dare they make it without lizzie Kaplan?
0: did the app say chris would you like to resume power book two episode eight (laughs) and you were like not today stars
1: and then this starts and the the party down crew is reunited although they are all in different places in their life yeah and ron is still running party down and is hoping to make a a purchase of the entire company Mm -hmm. But Henry is a, a high school teacher. The Jane Lynch character is now an heiress. Megan Mullally's character is a talent manager of her daughter. And Ryan Hansen is now um, on the cusp. He's nitromancer. He's nitromancer of, of, of superhero superstardom. And over the course of the evening, a lot of hijinks take place. Jennifer Garner shows up as a as the the wife of a, t- a a huge actor of James Marsden, uh, right? girlfriend, and she's a producer. She's a producer. Quinta Brunson. <laughs> Quinta Brunson <laughs> just- comes in. She's as, showing up, uh, Ryan Hansen's agent, and is fucking hilarious. Where she was, like, when she's like, "I meant we in aggregate." <laughs> just, she also says Nazis, yay or nay. Yeah, um, she's great. It's just really good, I, and it, it, this is the kind of thing where I guess like you almost feel the pressure of a reunion or the pressure of like. I remember when Veronica Mars the movie came out mm-hmm. that was crowdsourced, and it was like every scene was like. A nod to a previous character, or a nod to a sort of callback moment, and I actually think probably not having somehow Lizzie Kaplan's character is still working in and around Party Down too. Yep, is probably the best thing for it. And I don't know. I just like I, the the whole idea that Henry is at this ep- during this episode is supposed to go out have dinner with his wife. Yeah, but continues to hang out with these like weirdos because like it's just more interesting yeah I just thought it was like so funny and all the little like was that Franz Kahn's like who was Kranz who was the Miles the guy
0: I, I gotta look at the cast I, I I don't know
1: anyway what did you think
0: uh yeah I thought it was funny no that, I, I have more to say than that um it's kind of best case scenario I think because I love Party Down Uh I think I recapped Party Down for Vulture, it's one of the first TV things that I wrote years ago. Yeah. And um the thing about Party Down is that it was always kind of ramshackle. Mm-hmm. It never took itself particularly seriously. It always was more of a good hang than it was like a significant achievement. And the smartest thing that they did with this revival, and I think a lot of credit goes to John Enbaum, who's the writer and showrunner and was was in the same role in the previous iteration of the show. It just didn't sweat it. There was no mandate to answer questions necessarily or, or resolve things or land the plane. It was just like, oh, let's just make more party down. And I kind of sneaky respect the hell out of this premiere because, full disclosure, I started watching it. And I was like, I can't believe this show is also in color. <laughs> and the motion is so smooth. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, and I was watching it. It was like 10 minutes in. I was enjoying it. And I was falling asleep. And I was like, this isn't right. I, I'm too tired to be watching the show. I stopped. And then I were you falling asleep like on your
1: couch looking at a giant television?
0: Uh, yes. Okay. At 7 p.m. Okay. No. Uh, but I but I was like, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to give this another night because I I I have waited 13 years for the show. I love it. I'm not in the right headspace for it. I'm glad I restarted. Has it been 13 it. years. Yeah. I'm glad I'm I'm in the right headspace for it because it was just really enjoyable and good. You know, I, I, I don't know whether when I turned it on, whether I was tired or like, I can't wait for this to rock my world. I've been waiting. It's not that. It's just Party Down again. Yeah, and it's if really- anything, I
1: wish there had been another episode because like, I, yeah. once it had kind of uh, like welcomed me in, I was like, I, I would I would run, I would go with two more right now.
0: I, I am still curious. I mean, they must have numbers. Like, as every piece, including The Ringer, had a really good oral history of the show up uh, mm-hmm. last week. Alan Siegel, right? Um, Everyone has noted that no one watched the show. I mean, the finale got 70,000 viewers. There must be some data that people have discovered it, caught up to it on Hulu, um, etc. The amount of attention this revival has gotten, I'm really curious what Stars is expecting. Like, if they're like, oh, we we now we have a comedy franchise? But or don't you it's think also,
1: a- I mean... It- I would imagine one of the things I thought really worked mm. was that Adam Scott has obviously since gone on to have this incredibly successful career and is mm-hmm. now top lining severance. and mm-hmm. you know it's like it's Adam Scott yeah and he easily slips into being Henry the loser or well, not the loser but Henry the guy whose life just didn't break the right way yep you know and so there's no pantomime of oh like this guy who's become way too big yeah you know like if they did a Parks and Rec. Reunion, or if they did, uh, if they did like a Friday Night Lights reunion, and like Michael B. Jordan was playing Vince. I thought
0: you were going to say a Big Little Lies season one reunion for Adam Scott. <laughs> I, I bet, I, I hope Adam's listening. Just
1: bring the beard. But back. like he, he's a really good actor, yeah, and he old. like just fits back into playing Henry rather than be like I'm Adam Scott. Like he, just, but like I'll pretend like my life. Didn't it's work okay. Out.
0: The thing that we talk about when they're like. You know you know, like the kiss of death for some movies where you're like, well, it sure looks like they had a good time making it, but they left us out. Yeah. That's not the case here. Yeah. These people are happy to be here. That's like
1: all George Clooney movies. Do you think that affects the quality?
0: Oh, the ones he directs. Yeah.
1: Where it's like, oh, you guys were just pranking and playing hoops.
0: Leatherheads. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the blooper reel is killer. Um Yeah, so the, the all the pieces are here. Like it was smart to give Martin Starr's character Roman like a lot of the meta. Nobody wants to be back here why would you possibly be rooting for people who just had sex a couple times while working together a decade ago you know it it, it's having its cake and eating it too in a way that is pleasing and also you know they 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 do remember john enbaum certainly remembers like what fuels this particular engine and it's things like ken marino just being abject Yeah, ken marino's
1: hand injury in this episode was really good it's, and then he fucking collapses. <laughs> He's—I I was watching the
0: scene when he just bangs his head repeatedly on a metal table in the kitchen, and I'm like, "How many takes?" And I bet he gave them every time, you know. Um, I, you know, who I think is just also sneaky amazing on the show and always has been is Jane Lynch. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to read in that Alan Siegel piece that when she first showed up to do the show, she was doing kind of the character that she did, like she was doing kind of her character on Glee before Glee just kind of being mean Jane yeah. and they wrote towards her being kind of kind and spacey and hippie kind of person who doesn't know that a grand is a thousand not a million yeah
1: that explains a lot
0: it's good it's nice to have it back Yeah, it, and I do think it's because of the lack of stakes like you, you can just run some comedies back if you're aware yeah. of what you have and what you're yeah. working with I'm happy that it's back I can't wait to watch more we're gonna do the thing now where we say something's funny about a different show
1: yeah but in a different way
0: Okay. Oh, like in an English accent? How are we going to say? I
1: can't do Diane Morgan's accent. It's Ex- too northern. Explain this. So, Kunk on Earth is <laughs> what a title. A mockumentary, I guess, is or, yeah. or, or a parody of uh, BBC-style historical docu-series. So it's essentially um, Philomena Kunk is the <laughs> so title character. It just makes you laugh. Uh, who is a. Um, is she what? Are the, what, are her, what are her credentials?
0: She, she seems to be inquisitive, a, a, a journalist, uh, yeah, a documentary filmmaker. She's hosting
1: this show called Kunk on Earth, which is also the Netflix show that you were watching. Mm.
0: It's literally the planet she's on right now,
1: and is essentially a history of the world mm. with this northern British woman making these asides and kind of making these observations and comparing major historical figures to her mate Paul <laughs> who gets thrown out of a TGI Friday's and stuff like that. She's
0: talking about the birthplace of culture, Greece, the uh, country, not the musical.
1: You might remember Diane Morgan was on, gosh, what was the Ricky Gervais movie where he's working on a newspaper? I, I feel like this is, you're doing, a, this is like a crossword. Puzzle. Well, she's also on Motherland, the Sharon Horgan written show that I loved so much. Oh, yeah. Anyway, she's great. She is a force of nature in this show.
0: She was on Afterlife. She was on the other Afterlife. Ricky Gervais show. yeah. Yeah,
1: but he plays a journalist in that.
0: Does he? Yeah, like Mark Ruffalo plays a journalist in Spotlight.
1: <laughs> I wanted to say this about Kong on Earth*. Yeah, this is a TV version mm-hmm. of the Will Ferrell joke in *Austin Powers*, where it's like he go, he gets when he gets like dropped into the basement the and, and he's lit on lit on fire, and he's like, "Oh, I wanted to me. and it's like funny. And then it's not as funny and then it's hilarious and then Mm -hmm. it's really not that funny but then it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. It goes on. That's this show Mm -hmm. where it's it's like it is just really one joke, right? Mm -hmm. But that joke around minute 16 of each half hour episode becomes the funniest joke so, of all time
0: so we should also say that it's we have the show because of charlie brooker from right, black mirror and wrote on it as well i yeah. think and uh his deal with netflix brought us brought us this show and sh- so she's not it's not just that she's explaining history of earth and life on earth in a very particular way she's talking to experts yeah. who have been very kindly old school daily show style yeah, yeah. she's talking to real british academics and asking them if prehistoric man had the same number of holes as we do now. Or if early man had a brand name for the meat that they were. Um, and I think the only note given to the experts is, like, don't break. Yeah. Like, just got to roll with it. Um, even when she asked the the expert on Roman history about the Romans inventing anal bleaching. Um, I, I just, this show made me so happy. It's so funny. And the jokes are so, it is very old school, and it's just like, very, very, very silly, clever British things. Clever, silly, silly, clever. Uh-huh. Is that contradictory? No. Just tossed off in absolute deadpan. And I did, I attempted to show this to my children. Actually. You tried
1: to show your children kunk on earth. Yeah,
0: because I think I think that they, I don't think they have enough British comedy in their lives yet. Uh-huh. And I've tried to, and this is a running theme with, with all culture that I tried to show them. Like, I, I, I want them to see Monty Python. I want them to see, like, things that I thought of as very funny when you were a kid as a as a Fedra obsessed <laughs> student council member because <laughs> phras- I want them to <laughs> i want them to be cops too. Yeah. <laughs> so I did, it, but but they to all of that they say like why do I don't want to watch why do I want to watch boys? Which I'm like fair oh, fair point okay. So I was like Philomena Kunk is a, is the hero that we were promised, and they did really like it. And then at the ten minute mark of the first episode, she she curses for the first time, and my older daughter who might be Fedra was like. Turn it off.
1: Because of the swearing. She
0: doesn't like swears. Is there yeah. a lot
1: of swearing going on at her school, you think?
0: No, I just think she doesn't. She disapproves of it. Like, I played her the...
1: I don't hear a lot of kids swearing now that I think about it. you hanging out on playgrounds a lot, yeah. Chief? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so what? I guess all the kids I, I know also, for the most part, are relatively pre-verbal. So. Right, or,
0: or adults now. <laughs> like you used to know them as kids. Yeah, there's the line where she says, like, I'm, this is the oldest the first city in the world she's walking through ruins and she says this isn't the first city the first city ever built is in Iraq which is miles from here and fucking dangerous <laughs> and that was where he turned it off but yeah. otherwise good for all ages I love the show it's funny what else is there to look, say look
1: we're here we're a recommendation engine
0: well the thing is about us between this and my glowing review of Star Trek Card <laughs> season 3 <laughs> we just watch a lot of TV <laughs> for you guys so all we can say at the end of this uh... podcast is you're welcome Kaya,
1: how are you? What okay. of these shows do you think the most jumped out yeah, at Yeah, what's
0: you? your power ranking of things we talked Last about of, today?
1: L- Last of Us, Kunk on Earth, or Party Down? <laughs> well, I'm already or watching Picard. Last of Us. Picard, okay. season and three. Picard, season three. Picard's probably at the bottom, gotta say. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't do a good enough job? <laughs> no. Okay, that's on me. I don't have access to the Stars app. Okay. So I might skip the Party Down revival, but I might revisit the Party Down original, which I mm. think is still on Hulu. Yeah, I think so. So I guess I gotta go Kunk on Earth. I would love to see your face as you watch Kunk on Earth. Okay, that should be like a be real. I'll yeah, I'll like live stream it or something. <laughs> okay. Do you think her face
0: will be like enjoying it or she'll be? I mad I think she'll at be us? like, huh, that was pretty funny. I um,
1: I don't. I, I she's not like a. I don't really think of Kaya as like an LOL. Oh, like doubled over crying laughing person.
0: That's because she keeps it one hundred
1: for us in this professional. Or maybe setting. she just doesn't find us that funny. <laughs> 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 that is. But if, if she doesn't mean like she has plenty of opportunities at the ringer, she doesn't have to be at this at the watch. I think she's here because she she loves what she does. I find you guys delightful. Yeah. See, first of all,
0: if you said that under duress, wink blink twice. That was an incredible cell
1: phone. You're like,
0: Kylie doesn't. She's not really a laugh out loud person. We've no, been incredible I just, like, talking about. I
1: think I'm, yeah. I I might I think of myself as a very boisterous laugher.
0: Yeah, you bring energy you bring you bring right. good laugh energy. Kaya You're a good laugher.
1: We'll have like a like a kind of as like a more of like a subdued giggle into a laugh mm-hmm. and then kind of immediately goes back to to Kaya,
0: you know? I, I think Kaya's thing is that because she's she's muted often. Mm. She's just.
1: Oh, you think so? There's like a now a mute button on herself.
0: Yes, and yeah. that's why. Yes, because she's such a professional. And then after we're done recording, she comes up with tears in her eyes, saying, "Sirs, sirs, that was the that was that's the hardest the I've ever laughed." Please tell us more about arcades in 1991. Yeah, <laughs> and whether you were a cop in middle school. <laughs> this is it, guys. This is the episode See, where we I, left like, the studio. I'm laughing.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> See, you're a good time though. Yeah, I guess so. Not me. Uh... I'm, right just, seeing you.
0: I'm just doing the the sheet folding thing, you know, where you can like bounce a quarter off it. <laughs>
1: You're like, sir, do I get my Fedra Blue Star?
0: I will treasure another this. pile
1: of gruel. See, I'm I'm Kansas City bound. I'm You're free, gone. I'm free. I'm, I'm going to work for Kathleen. Did you hear that at the
0: beginning? You vote with your stomach. <laughs> that's you immediately true. was just, you were just like, I don't want. I want. I want food in the winter.
1: No, that's what and, Fedra offers. Right. Right. I'm saying like I'll forego that for for a life of uh, you know democracy.
0: Do you, did you, I did see, we should get in. We'll, we'll leave this for next week, but I did see... We're
1: doing a podcast on Thursday, so you can just leave it for that.
0: Oh, no, no, no I'm taking another wellness week <laughs> okay. after this, where someone's like, these people in the last of us should just maybe stop eating bread. Like, don't you think everyone would be gluten-free even
1: 20 years on? Yeah, but nobody, I don't, I think the grain supply has since been... Purged? Well, I bet that they've uh, taken control of the means of production. And they're not like let's let's just get the grain from over here in the mushroom field. That
0: was a little marxy What you just said. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my eye on you at Fedra HQ. That was a little little suspect. Uh, where was in Last of Us the guy that got them? Was he in Spencer Gifts? Where was he?
1: He was in the. I think he's in the arcade, or he's down the hall from the no, arcade. No, he was
0: down the hall. We did the tracking shot. I think he was in Spencer Gifts. So do you? And Spencer Gifts
1: is not always Halloween. It's a seasonal thing, right?
0: Well, Spencer Gifts just had like a lot of stuff.
1: But probably not Halloween. So I are I supposed to was understand the that the outbreak happens in October of 03.
0: Oh, well, also, I mean, you know, this is a sad state of affairs for my beloved Fedra. But, you know, we are in an era now when seasonal stores just seem to be year round. Like, remember, they used oh, to yeah. be like, because they well, can't they fill do. the no, storefront. No, no, no. The
1: Christmas stores turn into Halloween stores at a certain point, don't they? Mm.
0: They used to. But due to supply chain issues, I think some of them are just <laughs> okay. Just Halloween year, Halloween. You're the one who works around. for
1: big government. You should get.
0: Yeah. I personally voted for President John Luke Picard, <laughs> and I will vote for him again. All right, we'll we'll do some research on this. I just felt like the Fireflies didn't do a really good job sweeping the mall. Yeah, you know, I, well, I,
1: I mean, literally because it was filthy. I mean, like there was just glass everywhere. Wow which team are we this is the people team. can't pin us down yeah politically that's, that's right. good for our we're podcast. mavericks <laughs> Kaya cut the last
0: 19 minutes please <laughs> and uh, we'll be back Thursday okay talk to you guys soon great really one of our greatest jobs